0: Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk, Cosmic Queries edition. This one titled The History and Science of Timekeeping. Ooh, something we take for granted, but uh, some people don't. And they think a lot about it. And I got with me Chuck. Nice, Chuck. Hey, Neil. Always there for me, Chuck. That's right. No Just matter the time. Longtime veteran of Star Talk Radio. Uh, and you're my co host for a Star Talk Sports Edition. So thanks for that- making that happen, too. Always a pleasure. And in spite of someone who has no formal athletic background at all, you're actually quite
1: knowledgeable about sports. I'm very impressed. Um, You know, it's easy to be knowledgeable about something that you've never done. (laughs) Okay. No, no, no. It's easy to have opinions about things that you've never done. (laughs) Uh, Well, this is true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It's easier to be loud and opinionated about that. Exactly. Right. (laughs) So I love this topic. I know something about... Timekeeping and history. Everything I know is a tiny subset of what our guest today knows, Anthony Aveni. Anthony, welcome back to Star Talk.
2: Thank you, Neil, for putting me on, uh, having me on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so in I see what Why you the did there. I, that was, always
2: uh, fun being with
0: you. <laughs> You've been on at least this, at least your third, possibly fourth time, but it's been a long gap between these, and we've got to have you on more frequently, so I'll make a sure. A long
2: time, we might say, a long time. Whatever so, you're
0: not, so you're not only an astronomer, you're also an anthropologist, and that's where the history dimension of your expertise comes in. You're a professor Emeritus... Of anthropology and Native American studies at Colgate University, mm-hmm. and author recently of a book called "Star Stories: Constellations and People." So you think a lot about just the relationship with, between humans, our culture and civilization, and the sky above. That—that's mm-hmm. a—and and, and people pay you to do that. Yes, believe it or not. Well,
2: not anymore, because I've just retired, so I'm now out on the street selling pencils. Okay. But uh, I uh, started, I've been trained in astrophysics, a kit peak astronomer of old, and I got interested but, in the Maya, the Maya calendar. But know, just, to,
0: just to be clear, Kit Peak is the name of a mountain in Arizona where we have major national telescopes on location mm-hmm. that we all compete to use the observing time on them. And so, uh, so that's where you did your your PhD research?
2: My PhD in Arizona, yeah, through the mm-hmm. looking
0: glass, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: and then I got interested in the Mayas, the Maya calendar. And the question was, how in the world did these people achieve such precision and timekeeping and get so engulfed in uh, time measurement if they were, in fact, without a telescope, without an enlightenment, without a scientific revolution? And mm. I ended up spending the rest of my life, or up to now, engage in those studies, astronomy and other cultures, which really does teach us to look at the other point of view, the other culture's point of view about how we watch the natural world.
0: And astronomy, I mean, because of that, this background is actually quite rich in cultural diversity because everyone is looking at the same thing. Right, it's the same sky above all of our heads, but you come from a different place, a different time, a different valuation of what you see and think and care about. And up comes a whole other uh, selection of stories. That's and Same so, time, different story. Same, ta- different same time, different, <laughs> different story. And I wonder
2: if that would apply to aliens. We think about E.T. out there, you know, and sometimes we're so darn sure of ourselves that, oh, they got to be doing it the way we do it. And anthropology has something to say about that. There are some lessons you can learn from studying anthropology about contact and the other with a capital O.
0: So let me ask this other question then in anthropology, I've heard it characterized. I thought quite cleverly that when the Brits went around exploring the world that's code for colonizing the world, yeah. they, would, they would come back and write about it and they would write about, why where they found was not like them. Yeah. Rather than writing why they are like the way they are. Right? Yeah. So, it's, it's, so it's a different yeah. different sort of outlook towards other. Right? So in your studies, how do you navigate that? Because you are, I presume, a Merkin. Mm-hmm. You're Merka. I and... am
2: as Merkin as President Johnson was. Yeah? <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if you've got that, then... How do you navigate that when you're trying to interpret what others have done that have come long before you and you have nobody to talk to about it?
2: Well, let me, I I am so tempted to give you a quote from an anthropologist. In fact, I'm going to do it since I'm taking over this show right now. (laughs) I happen to have it handy and it's by Edward Evans Pritchard, which is a rather uh, astute sounding name. He's a British anthropologist working among the newer people, N-U-E-R, of South Sudan. And this is how he sums up a thousand pages of his ethnography, and it's about time. He says, though I have spoken of time and units of time, the newer have no expression equivalent to time in our language, and they cannot, therefore, as we can, speak of time as though it were something actual, which passes, which can be wasted, which can be saved, and so forth. And then he says, newer are fortunate. How do you tap into that? Yeah. Well, the way I do it is I work with the anthropologist because to be trained in astrophysics, what do I know about anthropology? So I've made it a habit of co-authoring a lot of works uh by trying to understand anthropological theory. It's really impossible to tap into because the past is gone and the ancient past before writing, the prehistoric past is very gone. Mm. So it isn't easy to do, but you have to work together.
0: Well, So I didn't know that we have gone and very gone. <laughs> yeah. Is that like Chuck? If you're yeah. bad on stage, you're bad or very bad. Is yeah.
3: uh,
1: <laughs> or the uh, no, there's only there's there's only one you. level of bad for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, know, there's, you don't have to quantify it. You don't
0: have to qualify
1: the badness. Yeah, you don't qualify the bad. You
0: just, it's just it. It's there's no level. Right, so so Anthony, in timekeeping, there's some obvious things like a day, right, and a month. And certainly the cycle of seasons for crops. Uh, Beyond that, why would anyone really care historically?
2: Well, uh, you know, I think they wouldn't. uh, They wouldn't care to be the masters of time, that is to delineate a system with the uh, very, very precisely stringing out all of these events and measuring them. Because in most of these cultures, I find the time is the activity itself. It's not some measurement that stands apart. There's milking time, there's the nap time, there's lunch time, there's cocktail time. Mm. Time is what you do. But then wise guys like us in the West and the Enlightenment had to come along and take the measure of it. We get it from the Greeks. That's where we get our gears from. We mechanize it. We build clocks because we want to see it as something apart, something that's quite apart from all the events that take place. But in these cultures that I study, it's mostly the activity itself
0: but isn't it actually the activity itself in our own culture but the, and time is like an observer of that but not really a participant
2: yeah, that's a great question. I think, it, uh, well, it, ask me that question at cocktail time, okay. Okay, but don't ask it at bedtime.
0: <laughs> uh, because you've seen the, the, the wristwatches, right? And say, yeah. what time is it? And it said, it's beer o'clock. Have you ever seen yeah. that? <laughs> right.
2: Well, the sun used to be, the sun over the yardarm
0: was the time for cocktails. So it's an astronomical measurement, always comes down to astronomy. So if we didn't have astronomy, how would we have measures of time?
2: Well, I would say uh, you stick a stick in the ground. Of course, then then you're in astronomy, aren't you're you? You're in astronomy. Yeah, that's Stick in the, yeah, yeah, the ground. Uh, and we okay, don't so if know- we
0: grew up on Venus, holding aside the fact that we'd be vaporized, no yeah. one would ever see the night sky. There, and wall. Venus has no moon. Mm-hmm. And it, it would sort of get light and dark, but very slowly, because Venus rotates very slowly. So it seems to me the measurement of time. There are places where you can imagine the measurement of time to be a pointless exercise.
2: Yeah, and I think that goes in most cultures. But then why is it that people like the Maya or the Inca got so wrapped up in it? And I think- I'll ask you why. That, well, the <laughs> bureaucracy had a lot to do with it because if you're a bureaucrat, you've got to make maintain control of the society. You've got to have control of the worker. You've got to have everybody marching to the same tune. So those Aztec priests knew what they were doing when they invented all of these deities to go with the names of the
0: days and so on. No, don't say that. You're telling me that- Highly precise timekeeping of the ancients can be credited to bureaucracy. I don't. Want, I'm sorry. I don't yeah. want to hear that. Yeah. And you know what? It kind of <laughs> makes
1: sense if uh, you know the, if, if uh, the first guy to invent work and workers. I can see that might have been the guy. That's just like I gotta have something yeah. like time, and you gotta punch a clock to right. get you in and there out, there out of the <laughs> in and out of the temple.
2: Well, surely you've all been to the great Glockenspiel of Marian plots, you know. I only say that once. I was there yesterday, but yeah, go on. In in, in Munich, that clock, (laughs) that huge clock on the uh, the church that goes around and they bang and they gong and comedians have made jokes of it. I think probably even Chuck has. Uh, That is a device to keep all the workers in order. You have bells that tell the cutters when they have to cut, the shearers when they have to shear, the packagers when they have to package. And it's damn near like Amazon today. You know, I mean, I think this really starts with the industrial age,
0: doesn't it? Okay, so the difference there is, it's not that you need to know the time to cut or to pack. It's that someone else wants everyone to be doing that activity at the same time. Bingo. So it's the simultaneity of of culture that requires organized timekeeping.
2: Well, it's, yeah, it's the uh, conveyor belt, if you will. You know, whether you be in the Ford factory in Michigan, assuming right. there's still a Ford factory in Michigan. There is, yeah. Oh, you, you may remember the <laughs> I Love Lucy episode where the- Yes, with the, show, with the, the candies. The, I the candy and they're stuffing things down their shirt and so on. Well, that's time. If anyone they, over
0: 60 knows that episode, <laughs> I don't know if anybody oh, else does. If
2: you're over 80, they got it from Charlie uh, <laughs> uh What is what is it, 1936- film now i'm forgetting the name of the film but it was a uh, somebody will phone in what it is uh-huh. he's caught in the gears he's caught in the wheels of time and you see, him, you, see him, you see him seeing seeing him going around getting chewed up by the gears of the clock we've seen we've seen
0: clips of it yes yeah
2: yeah yeah so uh, uh so it, it this all this leads us to think of time in this more mechanized precise way whereas for the bulk of human history as far as i know uh it it never really was that way,
0: okay, now that you're retired, are you going to do what every retired person says and get rid of clocks in your house?
2: Well, I haven't quite done that, although the <laughs> the clock that Colgate gave me for my retirement lost its minute hand, so all I have is the hour hand there, so I'm going by hour time now. I <laughs> The hour, and I think I can see now. I know it's between
1: twelve and one. I'm okay. That's That's
0: cold. Your retirement gift broke. That that ain't right. That's what.
1: (laughs) And wait, wait. And they're giving
0: it to a guy who's a world's expert on time.
1: That's wait,
0: wait. Did they really not
2: like you? I, I must have done something bad with the football team. I failed an athlete.
1: Somewhere you failed a quarterback. Can't do that then, then again. That's kind of liberating. I kind of like the idea of just having the hour, because now every hour is yours. You know, somebody says, "Call me at four 30. Like, I'm sorry, I can't do that.
2: <laughs> Chuck, I got to ask you: Have you ever seen a one-handed clock?
1: No, I haven't.
2: Because they, you can see them. they they're they're around in museums. Uh, and I can't say when the last one was made, but it's certainly more than a couple of hundred years ago, where you just went by the hour. And in the sundial, it was pretty much the same. You know, I, one, two o'clock, I'll see you between one and two. Right, right. And then yeah, the sundial duration, The sundial
0: doesn't have a sweep hand or a minute no, hand, right? No, and it's then It's basically people would just say, the hour, you know,
2: well, well, why don't we meet at the next quarter moon? You know, we'll see you at the next quarter moon. Well, was that Tuesday or Wednesday? doesn't matter. You know, we'll just, uh, when when Poetan attacked the colonists in Virginia. He did it by regulating the tribes to come at the last quarter moon. I mean, that's well established in, in local history in Virginia. And they they seem to get it right. They beat they beat up on the colonists by, uh, well, some of them got there a day early,
0: some a day late. <laughs> but <laughs> a quarter moon is, is pretty, it's, that's as yeah. precise as you, it's, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. Can you get it? Can you get it to the day? I know a lot of my students can't get it to the day. I used to <laughs> Ask <laughs> them to time it. Some of them would get Tuesday. Some would get Thursday. Most would get Wednesday. And it would work out. But uh, you got to have a little leeway, I think. And,
0: so that movie, we just uh, researched that. It's called Modern Times with Charlie Chaplin. Yes, Modern Chocolate. Times. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Very good.
2: It's in one of my books. but
0: uh, I forget. I, and how many books have you written? I own most of them, I think. But not I, this about latest about one. 30,
2: yet, 35. Right? Depends on what editing I've edited or written. That's what I have. in My CV. is that
0: what's about to collapse on your head behind you in the scene
2: there? No. Although, well, those are OP books. Other people's. You know, other you know. OP books. Still doing research. You
0: know. I'm, I'm down with OPB. People. I'm down with OPB.
1: OPB. <laughs> <the department>. Yeah,
0: <laughs> here I'll turn around if you want to see. Yeah. Go to the other. It's oh, that, yeah. very beautiful. Very that's beautiful. my rabbit hole. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, my hole. So, Chuck, you sl- we got questions from our uh, Patreon members. I think. Yes, we do. Is that right? So start oh, yeah, me off with I, I one. thought
2: that was it. I didn't know we had questions. No, okay. yeah, yeah. No, you know, we're not <laughs> letting you go that
0: easy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm, done. <laughs> I'm friends. I'm I, can't, I can't do no more. <laughs> uh, that's great. All, all right. right. Okay, let's jump right into it. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, all of our uh, questions have come from our community of Patreon patrons. And so um, if you are listening to this and you are not a Patreon patron, I encourage you to do so so that uh, your questions can take priority. So Plus, that, it's yeah. just not that. I mean, Patreon, If
0: those who don't know, it's not just because people feel charitable, as you might know, for, for- NPR or PBS. It's like they want something in return for it. That's the oh, case. No,
1: that's right. Yeah, no, no. no, this is a listen. This is a transaction. We it's have a transactional. no problem with that. It's all transactional. We okay. have no problem. We have no problem with that. You 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 support us, and we do things for you. We'll do things. Just, and there's a whole. There's a whole list of stuff. Right. And it's, you attend our like, parties and stuff. That's right. It's like yeah. any marriage. Okay. <laughs> transactional. <laughs> all right. All right. Here we, Here we go. 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 Um. Hello Neil and Anthony and Chuck. We use Adams. But who 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 is this? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. This is John David Newman. Hey, John. Okay, thank you, uh, John, for having a pronounceable name for yeah. Chuck. Uh, why did you say Why do you think I said Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. I had to, I had to scroll down the list to get to something that I could pronounce. that <laughs> oh, No, you can't pick questions just right. if you can pronounce their name. That okay, is not, all right. That is wrong. Uh, I okay. won't do that anymore. Okay, I just wanted to start off with a pronounceable name. John David Newman, uh, he says, Hey, Neil, hello, Anthony. Hello, Chuck. Uh, we use Adam's. For the most accurate timekeeping, could an atom change its rate of vibration? And if so, would we even know if it did? Ooh, that is wow, so good. What a we, great question. We got to wait till we come back. Ah, ah. <laughs> damn it. Let's take a quick
0: break. <laughs> uh, I love that question. Uh, and when we come back, more of Star Talk Cosmic Queries with. Time, astronomy, anthropological expert, Anthony Aveni, when you return.
1: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do.
2: You can see my pottery on my website, cosmicmugs.com. Cosmic Mugs, art that lets you taste the universe every day. And I support Star Talk on Patreon. This is Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson.
0: We're back. Star Talk. Cosmic Queries. Time and Measurement and culture and history. Mm. Uh, It's all there. Chuck, good to have you. Chuck,
1: you're tweeting these days? At Chuck Nice Comic, yes. Chuck
0: Chuck Nice Comic. You have to tell people you're a comic.
1: This is Blaine. No, I mean, listen, I don't want there to be any doubt. It's like, should I laugh at this? Oh, it says should I right. Oh, yes. I mean, listen, I, I look at it this way. Um, sometimes if, if if you go to medical school and you have a practice, you put MD at the end, the end of your just name. Just to remind people. Just to remind people, okay, that I'm just okay. not— That's good, I'm not good answer. Just, right, I'm not just Joe Johnson, okay? okay. It's, a, it's a good
0: answer, good answer. Right. So, Anthony, we left off with a great question. Here we are, okay. anchored on Atomic Time for the last— five decades at least. And if that's the measure, how do we know that atom is not messing with us?
2: Yeah, well, uh, I want to thank Johan for a brilliant question. Uh, or was it John? I think it was John. That's
1: John, yeah. But yeah the same. last
2: I heard, uh, we were keeping time by the vibrations in the cesium atom to something close to 10 to the minus 15 seconds. And I'm sure as John would know, that's a one over 10 with 15 zeros after it.
0: So that's a quadrillionth of a second. Yeah, I mean,
2: if a second is the distance from the Earth to the Moon, the femtosecond is about the width of one of Neil's hairs that I'm looking at right now. So pretty small. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. Neil has
1: some pretty luxurious hair. It's It's pretty thick. I got to tell you,
2: you may notice (laughs) when you're seeing my image, I didn't use one of my own hairs. (laughs) Uh,
1: Didn't use your hair. It's singular. Yeah. Right.
2: We right. can only make the measurement as accurately as we can make it, and if the cesium atom wants to mess with us, there's no way we're going to know until we can go beyond femto, femto, femto seconds. That's what happened with us with astronomy when we thought that the movement of the sun and the moon and measuring the sun's transit at noontime was accurate enough. So we Earth's rotation. That. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not. It's not accurate enough, and that's why we went to the cesium atom. So who that's knows it. where we end up?
0: So, so, we won't, so we won't know anything about whether the atomic vibrations change until we find something more accurate than it to hold it accountable.
2: And that's the nature of science, isn't it? You never it pretend to have a theory that can't be changed or uh, updated. And so it's a good example of how science operates. Right, but just to be or clear, the changing
0: is to make it more precise, not to make it something different. completely different, just to be clear. Yeah. When, when we're onto something, we're onto it. And yeah, when we got
1: it. Chuck, you were going to say something? Well, I was just going to say, um, that makes me think that all measurements, then, are subject to that same yes. principle. every single measurement nope. you've ever like made. With height, you, you name a yeah. temperature. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. God, now... Now I don't believe in anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Chuck, how tall are you, was it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, give me another one. What do you All have? right. Wow, what a great question. What a great answer, guys. Thanks. Okay, here we go. This is uh, Sam O'Neill, and I'm, I'm not looking for names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just happened to be that way. Hello, geniuses. And, <laughs> and Chuck. Um, <laughs> that's not what he said i don't believe No, he that. didn't okay. <laughs> I, I added that in I, okay okay he's uh, uh samantha here and i run uh i run and use kilometers instead of miles to measure my workouts firstly because kilometers are shorter and that allows me to believe that i have less work to do while i'm an individual kil- kilometer and secondly you clock up more kilometers and feel happier about the number of kilometers you've run My question is, if we adjust the scale of time and make years shorter so that the average life expectancy age number becomes higher, what psychological impact would that have on the human race? Whoa. What a a profound question um, couched in a humble brag uh, (laughs) of of our physical fitness. (laughs) But uh, if I, if I instead of living to be an average of 80, I live to be an average of 160, forget whatever the measurement is, does the number alone have an effect on who I am and how yeah, I Anthony. think?
2: Yeah, well, I think, uh, Samantha, I don't know if you're old enough to have remembered the move uh, in the 80s to try to kilometrize miles and change to the uh, metric
0: system. In the and United I'm States. Sure we-
2: yeah. yeah, was it in the 80s or even early? No, 70s, in the 70s, 70s under right. President
0: Carter. Started. Yeah, it was under yeah. Carter.
2: Uh, it didn't happen, but I mean, if it did, we'd be we'd be talking different numbers now. My wish has always been to get together with Elon Musk and go to Mars and live there and start a colony and live for thousands and thousands of years because because Mars' revolution period around the sun is closer to two years than to one, and then I'd only be half my age. And my kids and their kids and their kids, 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 kids would then come to think the way Samantha likes to think about kilometers. They would come to think about years.
0: Chew so, on that. So, you wait, wait. So that's the reason why you want to go to Mars? <laughs> it's the only <laughs> not, reason. Not to save the species. <laughs> not to, for science. <laughs> no, it's
2: my own selfishness. I just want, to so I want a number that tags me younger. I don't want to be an octo-nono-doodecogenarian.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, so here's my my reply to both of y'all, okay? So the solution to this is we adjust the human genome so that you never die, ah. and therefore you don't have to worry about how many years you just counted for your age.
2: Oh, God, that sounds awful. Uh, adjust your genome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That fixes that problem in a different way. <laughs> just well, it does. But that creates a whole nother set of problems, you know? Like the fact that we would never die— I mean, that would change your psychology of life
0: completely. Yeah. yeah. Well, can I, can well, I tell you a right. quick story here? Can I, can I, and just into the psychology of this. Yeah. All right. All right. I was, this this slightly long story, and I hate doing this because I want to really get questions. But it's but directly, it's it is directly related. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, I have never been picked for jury duty. I always get kicked out after the voir dire part because they ask me questions, and they never like my answers. Okay. Yeah, I'm the
1: same way, except I'm racist. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) that'll get you
0: out. (laughs) All right, so that's not the reasons why they get— So I'm there, and I made it far enough, like 15 people, to hear the details of the case, all right, were read to us. So I said, man, maybe I'll get on a case this time. And so the judge reads the particulars of the case, and here is what both sides agree— And the the, the defendant was found uh, in possession of cocaine, um, 3,000 milligrams of cocaine on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and they were found by an undercover cop. And And then, so this was done. And then I, and they said, are there any questions about these details? And I raised my hand and said, Your Honor, why did you say 3,000 milligrams of cocaine? That's just three grams, <laughs> which is, you know, barely the weight of a penny. So I, I, why did you say that? They said, well, oh, that's what it's written here. But I said, well, it sounds like you want it to feel like more drugs than it actually is. And while I'm saying this, the whole rest of the potential jurors were looking at me and looking. And so and I was out on the street 10 minutes later. Because and I might have well. contaminated, quote, contaminated just by just by undoing the units of measure they're using yeah. to make something sound bigger,
1: right? Yes. So They'll here's my two. Here, here's my two takeaways from that story. One, yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson, the only guy in America trying to get on a jury, <laughs> <Yes>. uh, right? <laughs> and and two, Neil deGrasse Tyson, the drug dealer's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: didn't think about I was just thinking about the honesty of the read. now you're so, right. So Anthony, that was all about psychology there. Yeah, and million. I
2: like the way you say three thousand. <laughs> which is the same way Carl Sagan used to say billions. Billion billions. billions. <laughs> and that's a
3: thousand
1: milligrams. <laughs> None, if, yeah, it's so funny. You know, it's so funny. We had a conversation once, Neil, uh, and we were talking about the metric system and how the only people in America who use it are drug dealers. Yes, yeah. Drug dealers are the best. Drug dealers they, they are they should, the only people who know the metric system.
0: They should have been the ones training Americans and we'd all be metric yeah. fluid today. There That's you all. go.
1: All right. (laughs) right, Give me another one. All right, let's go to Dustin Fenwick, uh, who says, I've been listening to Star Talk for some time now, and many times I've heard you, Dr. Tyson, talk about how other life forms out of the universe may see human beings in a similar fashion to how we see chimpanzees. So if that is true... With regard to intelligence, yes. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it possible that aliens visiting Earth may have a completely different concept and understanding of time than we do. And what impact do you think this discovery could have on humankind and our understanding of the universe? So, I mean, there's an assumption in that question that there's a contact made, and then we understand that they understand time differently than we Right, and that's, of
0: course, the theme to the... The movie from a few years ago, Arrival. Yes. Anthony, did you see Arrival?
2: Yes, I did, and I was even going to mention that. Yeah, so an go answer. ahead.
0: Just reflect on. So, so Chuck, this is exactly the centerpiece of the difference between this alien visiting intelligence and us. So, Anthony, why don't you take us there?
2: Well, I'm thinking of the hepto, the hepto digital people who had uh, seven digits rather than the usual ten.
0: Yeah, basically uh, tentacles. Um, they were like the the heptapods, yeah. I think they called and,
2: uh, them. Right? Also, it, Ursula, it, Ursula Le Guin's work comes to mind. There was an American Masters on her. She wrote a book uh, back in the 60s about a hypothetical base 12 culture that we evolved into a base 12 culture. So, all the expression of our no- numbers and all of our mathematics is totally different and has to be redeciphered. That doesn't get to the cognitive part of um, right. uh, Dustin's question, but it does, I think. Uh, at least it allows us to think that there are other ways of cognizing reality.
0: But, know? okay, obviously it's it's fiction and it's a novel, but is there any uh, credence, based on your understanding of the diversity of human understanding of time, that this could be a real thing out there? Well, yes, there are. Wait, there wait, are, wait, wait and, tell you know, us what it was first. Well, just to there clear, is a tribe
2: in Borneo which uh, uses a language and uses cognitive elements wherein there is no past and no future. There's no past, present, and future. Everything wow. happens all at once. It's all happening at once. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying, I, I had breakfast this morning. I know that was in the past. I know this wonderful session on Star Talk is going to be over soon, and then I've got to wash some clothes. But imagine having a brain that doesn't think that way, doesn't think of a past or a future, but everything is in the present, and it's reflected in the language and the tenses. There are no tenses. I can't. Because tenses
0: to distinguish past tense and future yes, tense. It's, it's,
2: it's time dependent, and I can't fathom that. And but I know Chuck is waving his hand, so I bet he can.
1: No, I can't. I was I was, <laughs> I was trying to figure out like where do you? It's just like so. I had breakfast this morning now, yeah. and, um, <laughs> and and and. <laughs> So I'm going to the doctor now, now, and yeah. then I'm going to have dinner, <laughs> dinner later now. And, it's, and we're getting married now. But, right.
2: but uh, I, you know, who, who is to say why we think that way? But we do, not as a homo sapiens, not even as homo sapiens, because we're talking about a, a brand of homo sapiens who do not share our thoughts about past, present, and future.
0: But remind us what how the aliens thought in in the movie Arrival.
2: Well, uh, uh, how they, uh, yeah, that's right. I think the past was conflated with the future, was it Yes,
0: not? Right, yes. so so if, if I remember correctly, there was a, um, time was Watered, a loop. Uh, it was a loop. So yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. so there was no uniform direction of the future right. in the past. Right. Time, is just, the time, time is a circle. Basically, time is a circle. Time is right. a circle. Which, which
2: yeah. is, now that's interesting because I think whoever wrote that must have had some good understanding of anthropology because many cultures in the world conceive of time cyclically. We conceive of it linearly. We imagine all of the events that happen that we experience are like so many beads on a wire. Uh, and then Judeo-Christian uh, uh, theory and ideas teach us that that line or band or wire is tilted upward because those beads move toward the apocalypse, toward the great confrontation, toward mm. the second So coming. it needed
0: a linear construct in order exactly. for there to be an apocalypse
2: but how can we imagine living in a world where time is not linear Well we right. can say well okay there's the spring and summer and fall and of course tomorrow follows today and the movement of the sun around the earth if we would have it that way which is cyclical year, okay. is cyclical but still time is linear as we see it isn't it
0: yeah because linear. next year is still different from this year
2: exactly right maybe right. maybe a good model would be a helix you know a loop mm-hmm. that goes around and then ascends as it goes. So oh, I see. So it, it loops, it
0: but goes. doesn't exist. So you get the best of both worlds. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah. look at that. Yeah. You get the and, and, looping of time and, you and you the, the forward idea. moving of time. And you
2: get progress fitting in, don't you? We love progress. Right. Because as time goes on, it gets bigger and things get better. We saw that in the
0: inauguration speech mm-hmm. of President mm-hmm. Biden. It's going to get oh, wait, better. So may, I love that concept. So what you're saying is, if you live in a world where there is no... For lack of a more creative way to think this, technological progress, the next year is identical to this year. Yes, yes. Right. So why distinguish them with strong language mm-hmm. about with numbering the years and yeah. and having New Year's celebrate? That seems all artificial now. And it comes from a belief in the idea of
2: progress, right. which right. not every culture believes in. Chuck, I'm sorry I interrupted
1: you. No, I was going to say what, what you just sparked in me is the interest in whether there are cultures that mark time just be, just from events. Yeah. So if you're not looking at progress as a demarcation of time, or if you're not looking at things in a linear fashion, then maybe it's just this happened. Yeah. And that becomes time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's
0: just a sequence of events Without concern about the duration, right of time between right. them. The duration
2: right, right, right. is the key. Yeah, right, time right, in right,
0: between. Right. We got to wow. take a quick break. We're going to come back, fascinating and stuff, and keep this going. God, I'm, this is I'm good. I'm, hmm. I'm living it. Okay, this is Star Talk. I'm Cosmetic having an
2: uh, apotheosis.
0: <laughs> time, 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 anthropology, astronomy, all of the above. Let me return.
1: Hey, we'd like to give a Patreon shout-out to the following Patreon patrons. Douglas Robinson, Michael Kitty, and Askari Lane. Guys, what would we do without you? Well, we certainly wouldn't be able to make this show. And for those of you who are listening who would like your very own Patreon shout-out, go to patreon.com slash startalkradio and support us.
0: we're back star talk cosmic queries time culture anthropology anthony of any anytime you say those other three words anthony is right behind the door right ready to walk in <laughs> to, to, to straighten things out anthony thanks for being on star talk for my thank you fourth for explaining my ego I it. <laughs> <laughs> you need to not you're retired you know you got we got to help you out here uh retired for how many years at colgate uh no, just
2: a couple just just
0: Packed <laughs> it in two years. A you know, you know. couple years. couple years at Colgate. You
2: know, I, I yeah. don't keep time anymore.
1: You got it. <laughs> okay, Chuck, give me some more questions because we're, right. we're in cosmic queries mode. Yes. Uh, let's go to uh, Ben Butler who says, uh, hello, Neil, Dr. Vinny, um uh, My question is, how are time zones affected with the keeping of time? Do they have any part to play with timekeeping, or just a way to tell time in different countries. Sorry if this sounds silly. No,
0: no. Anthony, what's up with time zones? Why doesn't the whole world have one time? Thank you, you
2: Ben, for your question. Um, Why don't we all have one time? Blame it on the railroads. Blame it on the high speed of travel. Not now, but in the 19th century, when you could step on a train and go from New York to Cleveland in a matter of less than a day. Well, we regulate our time, of course, by where the sun is. So you've got time in the station regulated by the sun. And then once you get on the train, you're in a different place. So we've got time on the train and time off the train. You have to have some agreement about what the time is going to be. So we all get together and say, hey, let's share the time of the 15th, 30th, 45th, 60th, and so on, multiples of 15 meridians. Now, where mm. I live, so these longitude clear. lines
0: on earth, yeah, longitude
2: yeah. lines. It mm-hmm. happens to be a, a longitude line that passes near Albany somewhere, so I'm west of that time, so I got to set my clock back. And the people
0: who are out on Cape Cod have to set it the other way, and we all agree to that. Wait, wait, just to be clear so you and everyone in Cape Cod are in the same time zone, mm-hmm. but you're west and east of each other which means the sun is not in the same part of the sky. Right.
2: If we put a uh, if we if we stuck a stick in the ground and and made a sundial, mm-hmm. we would get a different result for the
0: time from each other. To, and so you're saying rather than it be noon for you at a different time than noon for Cape Cod, yeah. you want to agree on a noon even no matter what the sun is doing.
2: Right. So we want to have what you might call a mean noon or an average noon. And that's what zone time is, and of course, then you have to have some place to begin the day, uh, and you. trim it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, you begin it out actually in the middle of the, the uh, other side, uh, the other side. islands in the middle of an ocean where uh, it doesn't matter too much whether it's Sunday or Monday.
1: Gotcha.
2: Uh, but we've been forced into that because of high speed travel, and that all started with the railroads.
1: Mm, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is great.
2: That's where the big Ben clock got started, too.
1: Wow. That is great. Okay. All right. Keep going, Chuck. All right. Steve Solomon says, hello, Neil. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Chuck and the whole team. I'll bet Chuck can pronounce my name. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, My question is, does the arrow... arrow, (laughs) What's his name again? What's his name? His name is Steve Solomon. Steve Solomon. (laughs) Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, My question is, does the arrow of time always point forward for us ugly giant bags of mostly water? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Speak for yourself. (laughs) Right. Now, he says, however, the math supports time in both directions. Indeed, it does. So, um, most things, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, so if the math works, can 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 we find a physical representation of the math, or can that happen?
2: Well, Steve, uh, I've had two Steve Solomons in my teaching career. Uh, You may be one of them. Both of them were wise guys, but it's a good. (laughs) The arrow of time. Because teachers uh, never
0: forget students. Never forget. Uh, One of them I
2: flunked out and he came back when he was in his 20s, but uh, did very uh, well uh, and filmed them. But anyway, that's enough about me. Uh, you know, I think that your, Steve's question depends on what we want to conceive of as reality. You know, we can define an arrow of time that goes either way. But the way we've got it down, that arrow goes forward from the past into the future, uh, unless you can get a time machine joke, uh, you know, and and make the time go backwards, travel faster than the speed of light. Right, right. This is the reality we have devised to understand how events take place in the world. Sounds like I'm slipping away on the question, but I'm really not. What do you no. think? No.
0: Let me see if I understand what you just said. Alright, so you're saying because we experience the world with an arrow of time going forward, all of our language and everything we've developed about our thoughts and civilizations orbits that, so to speak. And so we don't need to reckon with an hour of time that moves the other way. Yeah. But if there were such a thing, then we'd deal with that, right? Yeah. And, and, and and things would break before you let go of them, right? Yeah. That would be the order of events.
2: But how neat right? it is that we've invented mathematics so as to deal with that. And that opens up our imagination to all kinds of possibilities that we wish we could experience. There are limitations in this universe.
0: And you'd see a scrambled egg unscrambled and go back into a shell in the shell, and we would see that and say, that's normal.
2: Yeah, and I can but and I can see it uh, on a video. I can on a do video. That, play it backwards, yeah. you know. Yeah,
0: so yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so things that it. move backwards in time that look irreversible. Only because that's our life experience, yeah. Not, not, and and if that had been our life experience. Then, cracking an egg and dropping it into a pan would say, "Oh my gosh, how did you do that?"
2: Well, you know, Neil, we all, not to get too serious, but we also devised the law of entropy. The second law of thermodynamics, you know, yeah. which is that you're going to always going to go for, from organization toward disorganization. But then we define what organization is right. and what right. disorganization is.
0: Right. So it's
2: so dependent on how we live. And that's the anthropology of it. That's the yeah. anthropology of
0: it. And I like Einstein's, was it Einstein's quip? Time is defined to make motion look simple. Yeah. Wow. Oh, is that yeah. deep?
1: That's great. Really yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm All right, so Chuck, let's do lightning round because we've okay, been luxuriating let's... on these other questions. Ah,
1: uh, who cares? I like it. I mean, okay, so, so Anthony, okay. pretend
0: you're on the evening news and you're interviewed for two minutes. And so it's it's uh soundbite answers. Okay, let's okay. go. Okay,
1: okay, guys, here we go. This is Roman Precup. Prekup. Okay, Roman says this: Since the earth is slowing down, how long will it take until we need so many leap seconds that we will not? there will not be a rule that a minute has 60 seconds. So you got to put so many seconds in that. Just change the whole damn system. Change the whole system.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anthony, I'm what's up with that? I'm say
2: less than a million years. What would you think, uh, Neil?
0: Yeah. So it's, the, it's tiny right now and we're doing good with the leap seconds. I mean, I, we're hanging on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Anthony, how many have had, 25 or so leap seconds in the last? Yeah, we have.
1: And, uh, 50
0: yeah. years, so leap second every couple of years. So, okay. We, um, we, so we, when we, does it
1: reach just where we're actually uh, taking water in a bucket and, you know, becomes that?
2: Well, you know, what we'll do is we'll do leap hours, and we'll uh, do what we did in the in the, the Gregorian calendar reform. We just whacked off 10 days, <laughs> knock out 10 days, and we're, <laughs> uh, tomorrow, the, today's the 4th. Tomorrow
0: would be uh, 40, you know. Yeah, so, so the corrections might become greater than leap seconds. Absolutely. Leap minutes, leap Absolutely. hours, leap days. Okay. Um, interesting. So, so just to be clear, from the, the, what do we call the people who are experts at timekeeping, uh, not metrologists. Chronologists. Uh, C- chronologists. From the chronologists I've spoken with, they don't want to change the definition of the second because mm-hmm. so much anchors on that. They'd rather just add more seconds into the day because mm-hmm. you could just make the second a little longer, right? And that, that absorbs, it eats every correction you'd ever need to make to it and, and put you in motion for another million years or so. But we have so much depending on that definition. We're keeping it. Well, we, just, we used to
2: yeah. have Roman numerals. We don't have much left of those anymore. And,
0: <laughs> no, oh, yes, we do for the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, no, the I mean, last bastion of Roman numerals.
2: But not 10 and 50. Did you know that? That Super Bowl 10 was not X. It was one and
0: Yeah, and, and 50, I think both. that the reason why they didn't have it for 50, Good, you knew that. Uh, I, I wrote a, whole, a lot about this. I Did tweeted you? about it. Because I when we were at Super Bowl 49, right. which is a lot of Roman numerals mm-hmm. so stacked there, I said to myself, hmm, if we go to Super Bowl 50 and all of that just becomes an L, L, yeah. then it's just Super Bowl, right? You'd have two L's, yeah. Super Bowl and then an L, and then you wouldn't be able to parse that. So and sure enough, they made it F. And, and you know, M5-0. when they
2: went from nine to ten, they didn't like the X because people were Googling up, whatever Googling up was in those days and finding nasty websites.
0: Oh, you know, mm, X, 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 X websites. Interesting. So what so, like so was Super Bowl 30? That would really get you in X, there.
1: Triple X. <laughs> X. What?
0: Why are I all, all my searches for so Super good. Bowl
1: Ten ending up with a guy delivering a pizza? I
2: don't <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> so much for the lightning round. Yeah, yeah. Know, so,
1: yeah Anthony, sense. you failed that first test. Uh, okay. Let's try day. him again. All right, here, here we go. This is Robert Weaver, and Robert says, good afternoon. If space-time is able to be bent by gravity, assuming humans could ever control that bending, could we travel across folded and then unfolded parts of space and time instantly? Would we have passed to either side? Okay, and then he just goes on to give you a, a, a more examples of that. And then he says, hey, thank you, guys. Both of you for inspiring us. P.S. Chuck, I like you too. Okay, so <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's the Chuck Amendment to each. <laughs> exactly right. You know, I, I'll take that though. You know, I, maybe I'm not inspiring, but at least I'm liked. But
0: <laughs> well, so, Anthony, let me ask. Let me broaden that a little bit. So, our modern sort of scientific. Culture tells us about relativity and the curving of space-time and the distortion of time. And is that just our culture's sense of time? And then when we die off or in the apocalypse, there'll be some other one, and then we'll just be in the in the in the in the archives of how people thought about time. Mm.
2: I'll raise you one by suggesting that all of geometry is part of our culture because we are Greek. The very idea of thinking about geometry, whether it's Euclidean or non-Euclidean, is a Western idea. Show me one evidence of geometry in any culture other than one that came through the Middle East and Greece.
0: Mm. And
2: I'll give you a dollar.
0: And, of course, Uh, the bending of space and time requires geometry to see it, to calculate with it, to predict with it.
2: As far as we know.
0: Yeah, as far as we know.
2: We are talking in our own language the answer to Robert's question is show me how to do it, but you can sure do it in your mind. But mm-hmm. I can't imagine an operational way of doing it. And I can't even imagine conceiving of it in any other way than geometrical. So it's part of our culture.
0: Wow. So it might be that I hadn't thought about this. If we did not have geometry as our t- in our tap roots, we may have never ultimately arrived at relativity. Yeah.
2: You know how the story goes. We don't have time to do it, but I talk about it in more than one of my books. The whole geos metros, the measurement of the city, measuring the city is where this starts. And in the Greek city, they had orbs. They even Aristotle even talks about this. Orbs of citizens who cluster around the center, who orbit around the center. And then the intellectual thought turned to ordering the universe above the way they were ordering the city. So the whole idea of geometry starts in the city and then moves to the sky, and then moves on to Einstein. Wow, that's anthropology. That's why I do the that's anthropology. That's Western anthropology, anthropology interesting. The culture.
1: Yeah, very good. Yeah. All right, uh, Chuck, keep it coming. Keep okay, it coming. here we go. This one. Um, <clears throat> uh, this is from Nick Stark. Hmm. Sounds like a uh, an alter ego for a superhero, or Tony uh, Stark's son, or Tony son, Stark, Stark's son, yeah. Yeah. Nick yeah. Stark. Uh, hello, Doctor Tyson. Could you explain one of your uh, most favorite OEDs or PEDs related to space time or just physics in general. So, uh, do you have a, a partial differential equation that you actually lay down at night and cuddle up with? Neil? <laughs> oh, dear. Do you have a Do you have an ordinary differential <laughs> equation that you that's you have framed on I your desk?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was either that or maybe some kind of disease of the intestine that he. Wanted I know, to right? Did <laughs> you, did,
0: <are> you <laughs> afflicted by the? <laughs> <laughs>
2: so I mean,
0: in Nick calculus, Stark, by the
2: way, I just want to say Nick Stark sounds like the name of a uh, a detective in a noir film.
1: Nice. That, that too. That That's does. Right. It's, right, got the, right. it's got that ring. It has that ring, yes. got that
0: fast talking, you know. It, yes, it
1: does. Yes, exactly. It's just like, she well, came to me and I, yeah. <laughs> and you got the coat was, and the hat. Right. It well, was a rainy you, night you, and when you, she you. walked in, I knew it was trouble. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, so I, I would just say, just so people, in calculus, their equations, yeah. what, one of the great glories of calculus is it enables you to calculate using variables that are changing simultaneous with each other. And this is basically intractable using any other kind of math that preceded calculus. And so there's a kind of equations that exist in calculus that allow you to just pry forward watching something unfold with multiple forces and multiple variables changing at the same time. And with these, you have what are called differential equations that Mm -hmm. do that. The partial differential equation, PDEs, these sorts of things. So, my favorite of these is the set of equations that came out of Einstein's work that describe the curvature of space and time. And it is this simple equation, it looks too simple, but the calculations are hard, that tell you what, how much mass and energy will then give you how much curvature on the other side. And so, for me, that that's for me. Anthony, do you have any favorite?
2: Well, I, you know, I got an A minus in diff eq. I was a math minor and a physics major, so I do know well what you're talking about. Wait, wait, Chuck, Uh, he's on
0: a first name diff eq. differential that's
1: the, equation. Listen, that's the nickname <laughs> basis. That's that's beyond first name basis. Okay, that's you're like nicknames for yeah, your math. That's, that's like I call Barack Obama Barry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, you got, if
0: you're on a first, if you're on a nickname basis with your
1: equation, exactly. <laughs> so i
2: working with these two silly dudes. I'm going to try to put the anthropological twist on this because I think what Nick is talking about is conflating a whole large number of concepts into one magic equation. The Maya did it with a magic number, two, six, zero. They had everything that they ever measured or even sub-measured, multiples or parts of two, six, zero. They had the period of Mars measured according to two, six, zero. It happens to be three times two, six, zero. They had... The period of Venus, the synodic period of Venus, measured that way. In fact, it's in the ratio of 8 to 5 with the period of Venus and the year and a whole bunch of other things. I know you're dying to know what 260 is. Well, it's 13 times 20. 20 is the number of digits on the human body.
0: That digits is, Digits as in fingers are and available. toes.
2: Yeah. Uh, and, mm-hmm.
1: uh, Unless you're a shop teacher. is <laughs> the
2: number of layers of heaven. <laughs> Two six zero. Now, this is where you guys are all going to get really serious when I tell you this. You're going to drop your jaws because it's a jaw-dropping number. Gestation period of the human female. Now, I know that answer isn't going to satisfy a person who's into differential equations. But (laughs) the important thing is that you always look for expressions, numbers, equations that can envelop the largest number of phenomena that you see. And for the Maya, it was the gestation period of the human female, the gestation period being the mother of all numbers, as I call it.
1: Well, let me tell you, uh, Doctor Venny. I'm, I'm just. I'm just going to say that that was a very elegant answer. In the face of our being silly, I'm. I am so impressed. That was that was <laughs> he put, he pulled that one out of the trash. I mean that <laughs> was in, <laughs> that was you incredible. Had, that was incredible. He pulled our stuff out of the trash. I mean, yeah. Dusted was, it off. Yes, that was. Listen, you. I bow to you, sir. That was amazing. <laughs> well, to be
2: honest, I pulled it out of my butt, but that
0: that was. Amazing. <laughs> no. Wait, wait, Anthony. I thought that isn't the human gestation period slightly longer than two sixty? I'm thinking up around two
2: fifty six point seven. But what's a 3.5 among people who yeah, don't I've, care Yeah, I thought it
0: was longer than that. I'm going to right. look on that. I'm going to get just, back to check you me on that. Yeah,
2: check me out. I I'll check you I'm out on bet that. I you uh, I'll bet you the name of an asteroid That's Okay. <laughs> a little shorter, but I I can, somebody will have the answer for us an instant.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I think right. it's I think it's up closer to 280 days unless the Mayan had different gestation periods right. from right. other you know, that can be.
2: That certainly yes. can be.
1: Well, yeah, let me just let me just tell you this. After three gestation periods, I know that the post-suffering time is 18 years. Okay, so <laughs> <that> is, <laughs> let me just say so that. I calculated <laughs> that. Okay, so,
0: Anthony, you come back with that multiple <laughs> and tell us what you got.
2: That was an excellent postpartum on your part, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All, All right, right. we got to actually quit there. No, Oh. Man. No. oh. All right, dude, Anthony of on our website, anthonyfaveni.com.
2: Yeah,
0: com. At Chuck, always good to have you. Always a pleasure. This has been Star Talk Cosmic Queries. Thanks again to my friend and colleague, uh, now retired, Anthony Aveni. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, bidding you to keep looking up.